Congregation may be seated. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And we talked about that last week on Easter morning about how the Word of God brings forth the hallelujah, the praise to God. And now today we get to really understand how and by what means God does this. He does this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that ruach of God. It is the breath of God. And so today when Jesus um, appears and comes to the disciples, uh, they being locked up for fear of the Jews, um, he comes and he breathes on them. He brings the ruach. The breath of God comes upon these disciples and the apostles. And I want you to think about that real quick. For them, Jesus was dead. They did not yet understand that he had risen. They were trying to probably figure out and contemplate what in the world just happened. What were they supposed to do now? Many of them, we know, would go back to their former ways of life very quickly, within hours or even days. A whole lot of doubt that was going on. But Jesus comes to them. That's so important. Jesus comes to them. They are not out and about looking for the body of Christ or finding out where He is or what might have happened to Him. They are not seeking and searching for the Lord. No, instead, the reality that Jesus comes to them. I don't want you to miss that. Because this is the very nature of God. God comes to you and to me. It is not as though we have gone out into this world and sought out the Lord and happened to find Him here at Christ Redeemer or happened to find Him in His Word or happened to hold on to Him. No, instead, the reality is Jesus comes to us just like he comes to the apostles and disciples. His first words out of his mouth. Peace be with you. Shalom to you. Now this is not the worldly understanding of peace. This is godly and divine peace. This is the peace that passes the human ability to understand it. It is this movement, breath, and breathing forth of God unto us. And in order to understand this relationship of what's going on, <clears throat> because after Jesus says that, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now this has caused human beings much, much consternation uh, for thousands of years. Uh, many heresies um, are gathered um, together. People who just presume or just um, philosophize concerning this relationship 
between God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Anyone who reads the Scripture is going to have to wrestle with this. But the Scripture itself is very clear concerning, the, uh, concerning God. And the Trinitarian understanding of God is the orthodox reality of Scripture. Back in the first centuries, many could not accept that a human being could be divine. That Jesus had to somehow just maybe participated with God, but that he himself was not necessarily God. Others would conjecture that, that Jesus was endowed with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit somehow was, was working in Jesus and causing um, him to be able to do these miraculous things. This is all part of Gnosticism, which is a fancy word for uh, individuals who really do, cannot accept that a human being could ever be divine. And then conjecture then all kinds of uh, philosophies um, regarding this nature of God. Now when it comes to the relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and the relationship of the Trinity, um, other heresies exist. Um, modalism, this idea that because Jesus can't be purely God, that, or that, that God himself um, functions in three different modes. And what we see are these different modes, modes of creation as a father, and mode of redeeming as a son, and mode of sanctification as the Holy Spirit. But they can't get to this reality of, of three persons. So one divine thing that, that operates in modes. It's called modality or modalism. Um, there's all different forms of that. We don't believe that either. What it is, is we have the Trinity, the triune God, complete unity, complete um, unity in divinity and unity and power, unity in, in, in all aspects. They are all three God, but yet one, one essence in three persons. This is important for us to realize because of what's happening today. When Jesus breathes upon them the breath of God, Himself being God, He breathes then the Holy Spirit who is God onto us and into us. And so God dwells in us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by His Word and through this movement that now is God. We call it, rightly so, the Holy Spirit. Now what happens? What happens to these disciples who were afraid and who were locked up for fear of the Jews, who were probably contemplating, and many of them had already gone back to their former way of life? What happens when the Holy Spirit is breathed upon them? And I want you to remember the Holy Spirit and how God breathes. Because it goes all the way back to Genesis, the very first words of Scripture. The, heaven, the heavens and the earth were void. <coughs> the Spirit of God, the Spirit was hovering over the water. And God says, let there be light. And what you have there is the Trinity. 
You have the Father who is the creator of all things, of all the heavens and the earth. And he does this by means of his word that he speaks out. And this word becomes flesh in the form and, and in the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is there working in complete, total triunity and triune as a triune God to create the heavens and the earth. And then when this God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creates Adam out of dust, how does life come into Adam? The Ruach of God. God breathes into him life. And this life was perfect. This perfect man then sins. And now there is separation from him and God. But God promises to sin. The Word made flesh. The Word incarnate. The Word of God become flesh in the form of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on Christmas morning. He lives and then He suffers and dies and His blood is now the propitiation for our sins. (coughs) Think about this for a second. After Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, what are the next words? If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. So peace be with you. The Spirit of the, he breathes on them and he says to them, receive now the Holy Spirit. And this reception of the Holy Spirit is for this purpose of the forgiveness of sins. What God has done and is doing right now in our midst, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is bringing us together as a church of believers, as a family of faith, that this faith family, and we have been given one thing at the end of the day, and that is the forgiveness of sins that we get to give to one another. And as we forgive others, so they are forgiven. And as we withhold forgiveness, it is withheld. Now this, let me, let me switch that back. Your earthly families are just a mirror reflection of the true family that God has, bring, has brought together through and by His Word. Your earthly families, your biological families, are just a reflection of the true family that God has brought together in this place. So this family of faith is actually of greater importance than our biological families, if we think about it. Now, in your biological family, you didn't get to choose who's in your family. What do biological families usually do when there's a situation or something kind of happens, when tensions um, rise? You work it out, don't you? How much more so than within the confines of this family of faith when we have been given this breath of God where our sins are forgiven and then breathe that out to others, this same breath of God, to forgive each other of our sins. This is the wonderful reality of what Jesus is doing in this upper room. Taking fear and destroying it by his presence, by his physical, scientific, biological presence. And then bringing them, by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
into this wonderful thing called faith. <clears throat> but not leaving them alone in faith. Creating a community of faith that we call the church. We'll finish up with just a little reference to the third article, the Apostles' Creed, the one that deals with the Holy Spirit. This is God who calls, gathers, and enlightens the whole Christian church on earth. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that calls. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that gathers. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that enlightens then us together in this Christian church. In this Christian church, He comes and He richly forgives the sins of me and all believers. And on the last day, this same Holy Spirit, this breath of God, will call and bring us all together and all those who have died in the faith together to give eternal life to all of us and all believers in Christ. And we say this is most certainly true. Amen.